the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is Learning to Trust God. Learning to Trust God. Every human being puts faith in something. It may be in some notion of human potential. It may be in the supremacy of science or reason. But we all put faith in something. Contrary to some intellectuals, the faith of Christians is not a blind leap in the dark. You don't have to ignore logic and reason in order to believe in God. Contrary to some popular notions, biblical faith is not the ability to manipulate God. Some Christians think that faith is a kind of magic medicine potion. You can name it and claim it, and you can, we could say you can blab it and grab it. (laughs) But that kind of faith won't outlast the first major disappointment. When a loved one is not healed or a promotion does not come through or unforeseen tragedy strikes, false faith will crumble. Biblical faith does not believe that God will do what we say or want. Biblical faith knows that God will do what he says. By faith, we rest on the promises of God, no matter what happens in our lives. Biblical faith is a relationship with a personal God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So the question is, how can I learn to trust God more? How can I learn to have greater faith in God? You don't get it by just talking about it. You don't get it by just thinking and hoping and wishing. Faith is like a muscle. It develops by being used The more you use a muscle, the stronger it gets. And the more you use the little faith that you have, the more it gets stretched, and the more it gets stretched, the more God is able to bless your life. And we call the circumstance, or the circumstances, that God uses to stretch our faith trials, something we don't like to hear about. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7, the Apostle Peter 
um, speaking to the persecuted believers of his day, says, These trials are only to test your faith, to show that it is strong and pure. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, and your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tried by fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Today I want to look at four of the most common trials or uh, tests of faith. Chances are you are in one of these tests right now. But whether you are or not, I guarantee that over your life span, you will go through these four tests again and again. So when you go through them, you can know this is an opportunity for me to develop my faith in God so that I can trust him more and be blessed more by him. And so the first uh, test of faith is how will I handle stress? How will I handle stress? That could be called the pressure test. Will I depend on myself or will I depend on God? Will I turn to other things or will I turn to God? In Psalm 50 and verse 15, uh, God says, if, Trust me in your times of trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. See, God says, I want you to turn to me when you are going through difficult circumstances, not to other things. But do we do that? For the most part, no. We usually have God about number nine or ten on the list. Is we turn to everything else first to relieve stress before we turn to God. And some will say, when I get under stress, I know what I need. I need one of these little pills in the medicine cabinet. But it doesn't last. I know what I'll do, says someone else. I'll call a friend and complain about my problems. And you call a friend and talk on the phone and complain about the stress in your life, hang up, and you are still under stress. Or someone else will say, well, I know what I'll do. I'll go shopping. Because when the going gets tough, the tough go shopping, right? <laughs> or if you are a male, then you'll say, I know what I'll do. I'll just sit down and watch a game on television, or I'll go and work out at the gym. But we all have our little stress relievers. And along about ninth or 10th place comes God. But God says, I want you to turn to me, not, to, not after you have tried everything else. I want you to turn to me. Because when you're under stress, this is a test. You and I have legitimate needs in our life that need to be met. The problem is we are always in a hurry to meet these needs. Some of you are, on, are under enormous emotional pressure. You don't turn to God. You 
perhaps reach for that bottle. Or you go back to that drug habit because you're looking for a quick fix. But it doesn't solve the problem. So what's the antidote? Isaiah chapter 50 and verse uh, 10 says, If you are walking in darkness without a ray of light, trust in the Lord and rely on your God. You see, this is a test. God is going to see when you're under stress whether you are going to turn to him or whether you are going to turn to other things. Will you trust him in those moments when the pressure is building up and you are under stress? The second test is, how do I handle disappointment? How do I handle disappointment? God often uses people in our life to test and stretch and develop our faith. This could be called the people test. It's life is often disappointing. Things don't turn out the way that you plan them. Careers don't turn out the way you plan them. Marriages don't turn out the way you plan them. And plans don't turn out the way you plan them. The fact is, life is disappointing a lot of the time. But the most disappointing things in life are people. So why do we get disappointed by people in, in our life? We are disappointed by people when we expect them to meet a need in our life that only God himself can meet. You see, when you turn to a boyfriend or a girlfriend, a father or a mother, a husband or a wife or, or a friend, and you expect them to meet all of your needs, then you're setting yourself up for a massive disappointment. You see, God never intended for anybody to play that role in your life. Nobody could possibly meet all of your needs. And when they let you down, you think, what's wrong with them? But it's not what's wrong with them, it's what's wrong with you. You say the problem is with you. You see, you put an expectation on them that they could not possibly fulfill. Some of you have thought in the past, if only I could get married then I would be fulfilled and satisfied. If only my wife or husband would change, then all my problems would be solved. Or if only my children were different, like the children next door, then I would be contented. Or if I just had a different kind of job with different people to work with, then my life would be a whole lot better. You see, your problem is not the people in your life. Your problem is your response to the people in your life. People are not the problem, and they are not the answer to the problem either. The answer to our insecurity is not another person. The answer to our inferiority is not another person. The answer to our worries and our fears is not another person. The answer to our depression and despair and discouragement is not another person. The answer to our sense of failure is not another person. And the answer to our lack of purpose and our boredom with life and our deep dissatisfaction is not another person. The answer is God. 
You see, when we expect other people to be uh, God in our lives, we are setting up ourselves for disappointment. The Bible says this in Isaiah chapter 2 and verse, and verse 22. It says, stop putting your trust in mere humans. They are as frail as breath. How can they be of help to anyone? And then Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 7. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made him their hope and confidence. And what happens if you do this? Isaiah 49 and 23 tells us, anyone who trusts in me will not be disappointed. So do you know why you're disappointed? Because you're trusting other things rather than God. You thought, this experience will make me happy, and it didn't, so you are disappointed. Or you thought, if I could just achieve this level of success or achievement, then I will be happy and satisfied. And it didn't make you happy and satisfied, and so you are disappointed. You see, any time we are disappointed, it is a warning light that we have trusted in something else for our happiness besides God. It's a big red light that says you have your values misplaced because this is a test. It is the people test. So are you going to handle disappointment by complaining and griping and crying and grieving and worrying? Or are you going to accept that God knows what's best, that God has a loving plan for your life and that God loves you and knows that you need uh, what, what your need is more than you do. Because he is in control, both of your life and the circumstances of your life. You see, even the disappointments in your life have a positive purpose, whether you understand them or not. Because it's a test. Are you going to trust God with the things that disappoint you? Or are you, going to, are you going to trust other people or things around you? But the third test is, will I keep my commitments? Will I keep my commitments? You could call this the persistence test. Life is about making commitments. Your life is shaped by your commitments. Your character is developed by your commitments. Your success is influenced by your commitments. Your eternal destiny is determined by your commitments. So uh, you need to choose what you are committed to very carefully. Heaven and hell are in, in the balance. You become whatever you're committed to. The problem that we have today is that most people are half committed to a dozen or more things instead of being totally committed to one or two things in life that really matters for time and eternity. You see, if you're going to develop any skill or any maturity for that matter, you have to learn to make and keep commitments. Let's say you want to learn a musical instrument to play the piano and the organ like Paul White. To, to learn to play any instrument or develop any skill 
It takes practice and more practice and more practice, which takes persistence, discipline, and commitment. You see, the hallmark of emotional and spiritual maturity is your ability to make and to keep commitments, wise commitments. Immaturity shows itself in the inability to make and to keep commitments. So get this. No commitment that really matters is easy. They are all hard if they are important. So you can expect your commitment to be tested. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verses 4 through 6 says, So when you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through, for God takes no pleasure in fools. Keep all the promises you make to him. It is better to say nothing than to promise something you don't follow through on. In such cases, your mouth is making you sin. So what commitments have you made to God that you have failed to follow through on? Is it that you're going to tithe and you don't do it? Is it that you're going to join a Christ-centered, caring church and you don't get around to it because of procrastination? Is it that uh, you promised that you would share uh, your faith with your neighbor, but you don't do it? Is it that you plan to uh, tell the Lord that you're going to invite your, your neighbor to church on Easter and you don't do it? You see, what commitments have you made to God that you have not kept? You see, this is a test of your character and of your faith. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse, and verse 5 says, The wise man will find a time and a way to do what he says. The wise person figures out a way to keep his or her commitments. The weak person cops out. The weak person gives excuses. Wise people find the time and way to do what they say that they will do. The Bible says in, in the Psalms that God blesses the person who keeps his vows even when it hurts. That is the kind of person that God blesses. And it is a test that we'll all go through. But the fourth test is, what will be first in my life? What will be first in my life? Which we're going to call the priorities test. Now, this is the more, most important test of all. You'll have this one many, many times in your life. One of the great promises of the Bible deals with this test. Matthew chapter 6 in verse 33, your heavenly Father already knows all your needs, and he will give you all you need from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. I, I love this passage of scripture, or this verse of scripture. For many, many years, it was uh, my favorite passage of scripture, the passage that kept me through years and years of studying. When I left to my home in Jamaica to study in Toronto, all I had was a small amount of money and Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. And I took God seriously 
and he never failed me because I was able to finish 13 years of full-time study without owing a penny to anyone because God provided, as he said in this verse, that he would provide. You see, we have legitimate needs in our life. Financial needs, emotional needs, relational needs, physical needs, spiritual needs. And they are legitimate and they are real. And God promises to meet every one of those needs if we put him first in every area of our life. Oh, I hear Christians say, God is the head of my life. Or God is number one in my life. No, that is easy to say. Some even wear t-shirts saying God is number one. But that means nothing. So how do you know if God is really number one in your life? If he's your fir- the first priority in your, in your life? You know it by the way you spend your time. By the way you spend your money. And by what you think about most often. So which of these tests, the stress test, the disappointment test, the commitment test, and the priorities test are you going through right now? Where God is testing your faith as to how much you are going to trust him. God has eternal rewards in store for us if we pass these tests. As James chapter 1 and verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who perseveres on the trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. You see, the crown of life is symbolic of all that God wants to do in our life, all the blessing he wants to give us, all of the rewards he wants to give us in heaven. You see, God is a faithful God, and he will never disappoint us. God will not let us down. He has promised to hear us when we pray, to give when we ask, to open doors when we knock, and to supply when we have a need. However difficult or dismal your circumstance may be, God will not let you down. You see, when you come to the end of your rope, you can trust him. When you reach your wit's end, you can trust him. When you can't go one step further, you can trust him. When you feel your knees knocking together, trust him. When you stagger beneath the heavy load, trust him. You see, although your problems pile high, you can keep trusting him. Although your circumstances get real bad, you can still trust him. Although your questions seem to go unanswered, you can keep trusting him. Although your burden gets heavy, you can trust him. And although your health is failing, you can trust him for he will not fail you. You see, when you don't understand what's going on, trust him. When you can't clearly see your way through, trust him. When you, can't find, when you find yourself in a predicament, trust him. When you're in the midst of sorrow, trust him. When you have to face life all alone, you can trust him. And when you don't know what to do, trust him. And when you must make important decisions, trust him. 
So whatever strength or wisdom or guidance or help or support or grace you may need in order to handle the situation that you are in, you can trust God for it. He'll be there by you and he will stay there. You see, every day has its obstacles. Every hour has its burden. Every moment has its pain. But through it all, God can still be trusted. Therefore, though the road may be rough, trust him. Though the climb may be steep, trust him. Though the battle may be hot, trust him. Though the case may be difficult, trust him. Though the situation may be bad, trust him. And although the cross may be heavy, keep trusting him. For he knows and he also cares. Remember that his grace is always sufficient. His uh, hand is always sure. His power is always omnipotent. His word is always reliable. His methods are always just. And his way is always safe. So if God, for some reason, has not given you your miracle yet, keep on trusting him. If God has not supplied your need yet, keep on trusting him. If God has not solved your problem yet, keep on trusting him. If God has not removed your burden yet, keep on trusting him. And if God has not answered your prayer yet, keep on trusting him. For he will not fail you, he will not disappoint you, and he will not forsake you. So trust him, trust him, trust him. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.